Good morning. Are you all awake this morning? Yeah? Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. And uh, I want to welcome you. I want to take a minute to welcome you to our church. If this is your first time here, I want to encourage you to step out into our welcome center at the end of the service and get a gift bag that we have for you. In there, you're going to find a small gift, but you're also going to find uh, a bunch of information about our church of how you can get involved and become a part of the community here. As there are many ways to serve, there's many ways to just be in community with one another, and there's many ways that you can volunteer. Um, also, if you're online with us, I'd like to welcome you. Uh, if you're online, there's also ways that you can jump into our website and see all the different uh, opportunities to serve. And I'll also encourage you to come in. Come in and say hi to us in the midweek. And uh, see how, how you can get involved. Um, it is our prayer this morning that you will come face to face with the Lord, that you'll come face to face with the biblical truth this morning, that the Holy Spirit would impact your life, that you would be open to the Holy Spirit impacting your life and more, moving you towards a life of holiness and faith in Christ Jesus. So as we dive into our worship this morning, I wanna invite you to stand and greet your neighbors in the name of Jesus.
begin this service we welcome you we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place as we desire holiness and faithfulness and righteousness that we desire to worship and to obey the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords what a great way to not only begin this day but this new year worshiping God and crying out to him crying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Every week, I'm so thankful we are a church that believes in the power of prayer, and I hope you do. We believe that God has the power to do what we cannot do on our own strength. And maybe you're here, or maybe you're watching today online, and you're going through a season already in this new year where you're being challenged, your faith is being challenged, you're questioning God, you're doubting, you're afraid, you don't know what the future holds. But know this, God has a plan. And God's timing is perfect. It's not always in our time. We want things yesterday. But God's timing is perfect. And I pray today that if you're here and you want to come kneel at this altar, you can stand from where you are, wherever you're worshiping with us today that can be your altar but i invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together would you come pray with me today pray together father we feel your presence in this place thank you for being here today thank you for meeting us right where we are in our pain in our grief and our suffering and our question and our doubt and our anger and our sin and our pride and our guilt father in our lostness thank you for meeting us today Lord, thank you for the beautiful music that we've shared. God, we can't worship you enough. We can't give praise to you enough. We can't glorify you enough. We can't exalt you enough. We can't live for you enough. 
Oh, God, I pray that you would just remove anything from my heart, our hearts, that would hinder our prayers today. Father, if there is any sin that we have cherished in the depths of our hearts, remove it, God, as far as the east is from the west, and remember our transgression no more. Father, I pray for some people here today, again, struggling, maybe financially, maybe it's in a marriage, maybe it's in a situation at work, maybe it's something at school, maybe, God, it's in the relationship with a friend. God, you know what's going on, and yet we cry out to you. Lord, I pray today that your perfect will would be done in each of our lives, in each of our situations, in the life of this church. Father, we pray weekly for revival, for spiritual awakening in our country and in our world. Father, may it begin in our hearts. Give us the right heart. Give us a pure heart and a pure mind so we can see you at work. Father, help us to be a light in the dark world, showing the light and love of Christ. And Father, I'm grateful for this church where your spirit is alive and moving. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to stir the waters of your spirit in this place. And I pray, God, that you would bring miracles of healing. We have so many that are on our prayer list that need a miracle of healing. And we know you can. Oh, God, we pray for a miracle of healing, that you would be glorified and that people might be saved as a result of your divine power. Father, we pray for others that are here and just need a peace, to know you are with them, a peace in the midst of the storm. Bring that today. And, Lord, for those maybe who are lost, searching, looking for answers, May they find salvation and hope in Jesus today. So, Father, remove any distractions. Move anything, remove anything from our hearts and minds that would hinder your spirit. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. We welcome you, God the Father. And we praise you. And, Lord, we just ask now that your Holy Spirit would continue to lead through the music and through the proclamation of your word and through your servant and through our time of decision that people would come to Jesus and new family members would unite with this family of faith and, and lives would be transformed and we'll be sure to praise you and thank you both now and forevermore in the strong and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 14? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our worship team is here to lead us. Thank you all for leading so beautifully and for our instrumentalists doing a beautiful job. Um, I love singing praise and worship to God and um, sometimes my voice is almost gone when I come up to pray and preach because I've been singing my heart out. So uh, I'm so thankful that we believe in worshiping our Lord. 
And after the reading of God's word, our worship team will be coming back to lead us. Begin with verse 15 of John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Isn't he one? 
Thank you all so much. What a beautiful song and a great invitation to invite folks to come to the altar. And I pray at the end of this service, when there's an opportunity to come to the altar, that you would be open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But thank you all for leading so beautifully. Thank you for being here today. We had a great 8.30 service. Excited for God's working in this service and His Spirit. always like to share a little humor uh, each Sunday before we talk about more important things. And one of our members sent me this uh, just recently, but it was a picture of two ladies speaking to one another. I'm assuming uh, two friends. And one friend was saying to the other, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to try to keep my foot out of my mouth all the time. And then she looked at her friend and said, I guess yours is you're going to try to lose weight this year. <laughs> anyway, so there was this man driving down the road, and uh, he was pulled over by a police officer. And the police officer came up to his window, and he shined the flashlight in his eyes, and he said, Sir, your eyes are red. Have you been drinking? And then the man took his cell phone and shined the flashlight on his cell phone back at the policeman, and he said, your eyes are glazed. Have you been eating donuts? <laughs> the last anybody heard from him, he was asking for bail to get him out of jail. So I hope your new year is off to a good start. Maybe you're here and you did make a New Year's resolution or some New Year's resolutions or commitments to start the year. Maybe you said, I'm going to eat less and I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to get healthier in this new year. It's possible that you made a New Year's resolution. You're going to break a bad habit. You know what bad habit it is. No one has to tell you. You're going to do your best with the help of God to break that bad habit or habits. Or maybe you're here and you've made the New Year's resolution. I'm not going to yell at people as much in the new year. I'm going to try to be a more patient 
understanding, and loving person in the new year. Or maybe you're here and you've made some spiritual commitments. You know what? I want to grow in my relationship with Christ more this year than I've ever grown in my life. I'm going to commit to to read God's Word more. I'm going to commit to pray more. I'm going to commit to be in God's house more faithfully. I'm making some New Year's resolutions. I'm going to love like Jesus has loved me, and I'm going to be a light in this dark world showing the light and love of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've made some commitments like that, or if not, maybe you will before this service is over. But as we think about going into a new year, it's possible that some of you are here and you are already struggling in the new year. You are stressed, you're in pain, you are worried, you are afraid about the future. It's possible that you're already having a difficult time and you're ready to give up before the year even gets started and you're struggling right now. And as I was praying for the leadership of the Holy Spirit to begin this new year, which I do daily. You've heard me say repeatedly, I pray every day that I would lead my family and this church family to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that we would never run ahead of him nor lag behind him or get out of step with him, but that we would keep in perfect step with the Spirit of God. I'd be willing to say that I and we fail many times But it's my desire, our prayer, that we would keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And when we think about the Holy Spirit, who are we talking about? We're talking about the third person of the Trinity. It's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. Did you realize that the Spirit of God is mentioned over a hundred times in the Old Testament and just over 250 times in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit would come upon someone, it was more task-specific. It would be the empowerment of God to perform a certain task or purpose, but it was temporary. It would then leave them after this miracle took place or this miraculous act. But then in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is more people-driven. And we see the Spirit of God coming in people, filling people. It's the presence of God. And he gives us power through his presence. And when he promised his Holy Spirit, it was to let us know he's always going to be with us. It's permanent. It's not temporary just for a season, but he promises to be with us always, permanently. So as I was praying about God's direction for a a sermon series, somebody sent me a book, gave me a book, gifted me a book from this church, and it was by Max Licato, who's a pastor and author, called Help Is Here. And guess what? It's about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, "Uh, Lord, I, I hear you loud and clear that you're wanting me to begin a sermon series on the Holy Spirit called Greater Strength. Do we all need a greater strength than our own? 
if you're going to keep your commitments, if you're going to keep your resolutions, if you're going to live a victorious life, if you're going to be the man, the woman, the young man, the young woman, the boy, the girl that God wants you to be, we can't do it on our own. We need a greater strength. And guess what? That greater strength is the Holy Spirit. And I pray today that you would tap into this life-giving, life-changing power, the power of the Holy Spirit. In our scripture passage today, we see Jesus trying to encourage, comfort, to give strength to his disciples who were scared, who were doubting, who were afraid. They didn't know what tomorrow held because Jesus had been saying things like, in a little while, you will not see me. But then after a little while, you will see me. They were confused. They didn't know what Jesus was talking about. He was obviously talking about his death and then his resurrection coming back. And so they needed understanding. And today, I believe through this passage of Scripture, and if you're here and, and you're already at the end of your rope, you're already ready to throw in the towel just as a new year has begun. You're ready to quit. You're ready to give up. Then this message is for you. This series is for you because we're going to understand that God loves you and me very much and he gives us his supernatural strength through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're ready to receive it, then we must first learn to love him. We look in verse 15 of John chapter 14. Jesus said to his disciples and us, If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me. I shared at the early service, when I read this the other day, it reminded me of that old hit song by Olivia Newton-John in the mid-70s, If you love me, let me know, and if you don't, then let me go. I can't stand uh, take another minute of the day without you near. Do y'all remember that song? If you love me, let me know. Jesus was saying to his disciples and to us, if you love me, then let me know. And the way we let him know that we love him is by keeping his commands, obeying his commands. Now, what commands had he given them? Well, the most recent was in John chapter 13, when Jesus had just washed his disciples' feet, teaching them humility and servant spirit, and when Jesus said in that passage we share often from, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new command I give you, you must love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love Jesus today, do you love others? That's what we're called to do. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. The command that he shared in John 13 was to love one another. But then another clear command that he gave was at the end of the Gospel of John. Do you remember that one of Jesus' inner circle was Peter, James, and John? And remember that Peter, through the arresting of Jesus, he bailed on him. Do you remember that Peter denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times? He disowned and denied Jesus. And do you remember at the end of John's gospel, Jesus 
would come back to reinstate Peter. And do you remember what Jesus said to Peter in John 21, verse 15? He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And do you remember Peter responded, Lord, do you know that I love you? And three different times, Jesus said, then feed my lambs. And then he asked him a second time, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. And then he said, take care of my sheep. And then he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that you know all things. You know that I love you. And then he said, feed my sheep. So whether it was because Peter had denied him three times that Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? But Peter said, you know. And then he would go on, as you well know, to die a martyr for the cause of Christ. And as tradition has it, Peter would be hung upside down on a cross because he did not feel worthy to die the same way that his Lord and Savior Jesus had died. So we know that Peter really did, even though he made a mistake, even though he denied him, he really did love him. But there are several instances where Jesus gave some commands through John's gospel. In John chapter 1, verse 12, for those who would receive him and those who would believe in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. In John chapter 1, verse 33, when Jesus was calling his first disciples, it said, finding Philip, he said to him, come follow me. Do you remember the paralytic that led, that was lying there, laying at the pool of Bethesda? And when Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And then in John chapter 11, verse 43, when Jesus' dear friend Lazarus had died and was in the grave for four days, when Jesus came, he called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And then we see in John 14, verse 1, when Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Look, all of those were commands. And people responded. When Jesus said to receive, they received. When he told them to believe, they believed. When he told them to get up, they got up. When he said, come out, they came out. When he said, trust, they trusted. How about you? How many of us are guilty of questioning when God tells us something, we need to be obedient to do it? Can in verse 21 of John chapter 14, Jesus said later on, whoever has these commands and obeys them, he is the one that loves me. The way we show him that we love him is by responding and, and doing what he asks us to do. I shared at the early, and y'all have heard me say this before, that when I do marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, I always ask couples, I think it's interesting, and sometimes I, I know where other couples have told friends of theirs who are coming for pre-marriage counseling, they've already given them what I usually talk to them about because they're prepared. Like the very first question I'll say, and some of you all who have done pre-marriage counseling with me will, will remember, 
the first thing I always say is I say, look, most of the things today you can answer as a team together. But the very first question, you all got to fly solo. You got to answer individually. The first question I ask is, how would you define love? What is your definition of love? And they always look at each other and say, you go first, you go first, you go first. But if they've talked to a friend or spoken to a friend, they've got it down. You know, they'll tell me exactly what I was looking for. But if they haven't spoken to a friend, if they're younger, I've told you, they'll say, it's this feeling. When she comes into the room, my heart starts to pitter-patter, and I'm, it's this feeling, you know, I just get the butterflies, it's this feeling, you know. And, but the older person, you know, will talk about, you know, it's, it's a friendship, and it's a joint coming together, and, you know, we, we are each other's best friends. All that's, that's why I'll say there's no wrong answer. But then if they've spoken to someone, I already know, because when I'll say, what's your definition of love? They'll say, love is a commitment. And I say, who you been talking to? <laughs> love is a commitment, isn't it? Love is a commitment. Look, if you say you love your spouse, you're going to be committed to them no matter what, for better or in worse. You're going to be committed to them whether you feel like it or not. There are some days you don't feel like it. But love is a commitment. Someone might say, you know, I love the church, but are you committed to it? Somebody might say, I love Jesus, but are you really committed to him? I think our actions speak louder than our words many times to say whether or not we love our spouse or we love our church or we love the Lord. Because if we do, it's going to be obvious to everyone watching that we do. And the way that we show the Lord that we love him is by being committed to him, sold out and surrendered to him. Do you love him that much? Let me ask you, he was willing to die for you. Would you be willing to die for him? And the thing is, he doesn't ask us to die for him. He asks us to live for him. He asks us, to live for him. If you love me, he said, keep my commands. But then secondly, the way we gain this greater strength is by leaning upon him, by leaning upon him. Jesus said in verse 16, then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Someone to help you and to be with you forever, which is the spirit of truth. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. If you look up the Greek for Holy Spirit, the Greek word is parakletos. And in the first part, para means alongside. And when you look at kletos, it means to call out. So when we think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and calls out encouragement and comfort and is our advocate and our counselor and our friend. So when we think about Jesus saying, I will send you another advocate, he had been the original advocate. When Jesus came, he could only be so many places and touch so many lives physically. But when he sent the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit could be everywhere and touch people wherever they were. Even if there were hundreds and thousands of miles away, the Holy Spirit could be there to minister to them. And so we know we have the Holy Spirit as an advocate who will help us and comfort us and strengthen us and guide us and direct us and lead us the way he would have us to go. And when I think about the power of the Holy Spirit, I think about what Jesus said before ascending back into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then we've shared so many times when, when Paul had that thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him. In 2 Corinthians 12, he pleaded three times that the Lord would remove that thorn from him. And you remember in verse 9 what the Lord said, My grace is sufficient, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I would be willing to say some of us are here today, and his power is really strong in us because we're weak that he's the one carrying us, he's the one strengthening us, he's the one helping us through this rough season that maybe we're going through or that you're going through in your life. And I think about what Paul said, and I, I can't help but think that he was thinking about maybe that thorn, but in Philippians 4.13 when he said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's the greater strength that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is offered to you and me. It's available to us, and all we have to do is receive. The same power that resurrected Jesus can resurrect you and me from whatever we're going through today and give us victory in this new year. Do you know this past week, my wife and I received a letter an email, and a phone call from three different families that are in crisis and needing strength and guidance, and one even boldly spelled it out, need a miracle. Three different families, and I'm sure there are many more. These were people that were just bold enough to admit that they needed a greater strength than their own. And I want you to know, if you're one of those families today, know that God has not forgotten you. God is not punishing you. That there is a reason for what we're going through. And know that if you would turn your eyes upon Jesus and you would look to him and the power of his spirit, he's going to get you through this. He's going to strengthen you. But you have to be willing to submit to him. Lean on him. And I think about that old hymn we used to sing when I was a child, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. When you learn to lean on him, you'll find that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. But lastly, if we want that greater strength, then we have to be willing to live for him. To live for him. If you would look in verse 17 of John chapter 14, Jesus said, the world has not accepted him, 
because they have not seen him or do they know him. But he said, but you know him and he lives in you and will be with you. So the world rejects him because the world hadn't seen him. You know, when I was thinking about that, we can't usually see wind, can we? But we hear it and we can see the effects of it, right? Well, think about the presence of the Holy Spirit. We may not can see him, but sometimes we hear his still small voice and we see the effects of the power of God moving in our lives or in this church or in our situation. And know that Paul said in Romans 8, for you have not uh, lived in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, unless the Spirit of God does not live in you. And then he went on to say that, that we who belong to Christ have the Spirit in us, but if the Spirit of Christ is not in us, then you do not belong to him. Did you know that when we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us? At the moment we ask Jesus to come into our lives, we have the Holy Spirit. So you're not alone. The Spirit of God has come in to give you supernatural strength and power and discernment and to fill you and me with the fruits of the Spirit. And through the course of this series, we're going to be looking at many of the different functions of the Holy Spirit and how it can help you for everyday living to live a power-filled, spirit-filled life. But I want to close this morning by sharing something that we all, I think, can, can relate with. I guess it was last Monday night that um, the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals were playing. And my wife and my girls were watching TV in another room, and I was in there, and then my son Isaiah was in here watching the ball game, and I was going back and forth to be with them, to be with him. And, and then Isaiah said, Dad, come in here, Dad. And I go running in the other room, and it was right when I saw the replay of DeMar Hamlin going down, this 24-year-old safety for the Buffalo Bills who was hit just perfectly at the right time in the right place, or we could say the wrong place, that he would go to the ground. I've never seen anything so traumatic and so scary in all my life. My family and I, we stopped and we prayed right then. We prayed for whatever was going on. Honestly, I thought he had passed. I thought he was gone. But you know what happened? When they showed the stands, they showed the crowd, there were Cincinnati Bengals fans praying, reciting the Lord's Prayer. The Buffalo Bills were huddled in the middle of the field praying. Sports commentators saying, I just feel led to say a prayer. And they were praying on the air. The world, the nation, praying for this young man to survive. And praise God from whom all blessings flow. He's improving every day. And it was funny that his first question was, did we win the game? And the doctor said, you won the game of life. And I just shared that with some people 
before church today. I said, I have to tell you, those sports commentators who were, yes, they were trying to fill time. They didn't know what else to say. They kept saying, this puts things in perspective. A person's life is more important than a sport. And I have to tell you, that woke me up in the night last night. It was either that or Kelly snoring, but it woke me up in the night. <laughs> last night, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wake myself up. <laughs> anyway, did you know my son and I were given the Wildcats down the road yesterday. I mean, I'm telling you, I was waiting for my phone to light up and Coach Cal to call me because I was going to tell him exactly what they needed to do. <laughs> I did. I, I had it all mapped out. You know, I, I was going to tell him, you know, don't have so much pride that you can't play a zone defense, you know. When you can't guard somebody, switch it up. How about full court press? What about platoon and pit? Anyway, I had all this in my mind. I was going to tell him if he called me. He didn't. And I told some folks before coming in today, I was telling the Barnes, it woke me up. Well, I, don't, I haven't even had a chance to tell you, Kelly. It woke me up in the night, and I thought the same scenario with DeMar Hamlin. These are young boys that are doing the best they can with the coach that's doing the best he can. And they're not perfect, and he's not perfect, and we're not either. And in the grand scheme of things, whether we get a win or a loss, it really doesn't matter. And I want to tell you parents that invest all your time and money and energy in teaching your child a sport, you're doing them a disservice if you teach them to love a sport more than they love Jesus Christ. I can speak from experience. We can't take basketball with us forever, but we can take a relationship with Jesus Christ to heaven forever. And so I love the fact, look at all the people now that have started praying through this terrible tragedy and his toy drive for children, victims of the pandemic, who he was wanting to raise 2,500 as of yesterday, it's over $8 million has been raised to give toys to children. And I'm just thinking how the Holy Spirit, and if this young man will, he's going to have a great platform and a testimony to point a lot of people to Jesus Christ. And I'm praying he'll be bold to say, it's only through the power and the miracle of Jesus that I'm here today. And I hope he will. And I think he and his family, they do have a relationship with Christ. He paints the crosses on his, underneath his eyes. I, I pray he'll stand up for Jesus. And I pray you will in this new year. Do you love him? Are you leaning upon him? Are you willing to live for him? Why not do so right now? And it's conditional. And then we'll receive that help, the spirit of truth, to be with us forever. May we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any people here today, Lord, that they've lost their spiritual focus and their spiritual eyes, and Lord, the most important thing is that we would try to be more like you and to glorify you and to 
to know you personally. And the way we show you that we love you is by obeying you, receiving you, believing in you, following you. Lord, give us the boldness today to stand up for you who is willing to stand up and die for us on a cross. And that the grave cannot contain you, that you rose three days later to show we have victory over death. Father, would there be some people who would come today and allow me to pray with them that they would receive Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for Christians that may be gotten off track and, and Lord, they've allowed the world to rule in their hearts instead of you. I pray you would bring them back home today, God, and, and they would surrender their all to you. Or Lord, maybe there are folks looking for a church home I say it every week, we are not perfect, but we serve a perfect God, and as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, there's no fault in him. Oh, God, I pray your spirit would just lead us, even now, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and come as we sing a hymn of commitment, a hymn of invitation. I surrender all. Won't you come as we sing?
be seated just for a moment. I'm, what a, a wonderful day. We celebrate God's goodness and his faithfulness. And first, I'm going to ask Ben Thompson and his family to come up here. It was my privilege this past Wednesday to meet with Ben and his family. And uh, they shared a beautiful story with me. First of all, I want to applaud that that Sarah and Jonathan are trying to bring their children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They, they do Bible reading and prayers with their children daily. Guys, I'm so proud of you all. This was one of these couples I did pre-marriage counseling with <laughs> several years ago. And I'm grateful not only are you all committed to each other, you're committed to the Lord. And... This past Wednesday, they shared with me that it was on Christmas Eve at our service that they could feel the Holy Spirit so thick, and that it was then that Ben was receiving Christ into his heart to be his Lord and Savior up in the balcony during the Christmas Eve service. Ben, we're so proud of you. I already told your parents, you're such a fine young man and, and a sweet young man with a sweet spirit. And this is the greatest decision you could ever make, asking Jesus to come into your heart because it lasts forever. Nothing else does, but this does. And I know you want to pledge your love and prayers and support to Ben by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. We're so proud of you, buddy. Thank you. You may be seated. Then I'm going to invite uh, Bella and Macy this is Macy, this is Bella, and Brian Perry. Uh, I know many of you all know the Perrys, but today these beautiful girls come asking Jesus Christ to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Girls, just as you heard me tell Ben, this is the greatest decision that you can ever make because it lasts forever. And no, this is just the beginning of living a long life for Jesus. And we're going to love and support you all and support Ben and your families just as uh, the Lord loves and supports us. So I know you want to pledge your love and prayers again to Bella and Macy by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. So proud of you girls. You can be seated. So thankful that Ron Durham came today giving praise and glory to God. I can't believe it's been 10 years. 10 years ago today, uh, Ron had a fall at his house and had a brain bleed that almost took his life. It was 10 years ago to this day that he said the Holy Spirit was with me and saved me. And he said he just wants to give glory to God. And so, Ron, we give glory to God. <laughs> that God saved you 10 years ago. And he said, Barbara says she thinks it's been 25 years. But anyway... And then I wanted to share with you all that uh, before Sunday school started, I had the opportunity this past week to meet with a family that have been visiting this church. And they come uniting with this church family today by transfer of letter. Uh, Jim Allen and his wife Elaine Allen come uniting with this family of faith and want to be actively involved in the body of Christ. So I know you want to pledge your love and support to the Allens by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and applause. We praise God. 
The Allens were at the early service, so if you get an opportunity, I know they're already in uh, the Shepherd's Flock Sunday School class. We get a chance to welcome them, but I'm going to invite the Thompsons and the Perrys to join me out in the foyer so people can welcome you all and celebrate with you in the family of faith. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Amen. Let's stand, and we're going to close out. Don't forget that tonight, um, financial peace begins, and it's free. It's a gift from the church. If you would like to participate, we also have coffee and connections in the foyer of the children's wing. It's where Kelly and I just visit with you and talk about Jesus and how we can grow in the Lord and it's open to everybody. We actually do have coffee and some refreshments in the lobby of the children's wing. I think there's another Bible study tonight and I'm failing to remember the name, but there's something for everyone. The children are meeting, the youth are meeting. Bring the whole family and we'll have a great time. Thank you for being here. We're going to close out by singing the chorus of how great thou art, then I'll close in a prayer. Thank you for being here. Know how much God loves you, and we love you too. Let's sing together. loving God and we give you all praise and glory for these decisions that have been made today we praise you that you spared Ron's life 10 years ago and gave him victory over a near fatal fall we praise you oh God for the Allens who you've led to this church and ask your blessings upon them and others Lord maybe that are contemplating praying about making a move as well Father, we just love you. May we go from this place encouraged, ready to face life's challenges with your help and with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen.